Welcome to the Truth For You podcast, the best podcast on the planet as we talk about real life issues concerning real young people in real time and we bring practical solutions and biblical advices to help young people navigate these issues. Nonetheless, here is your host. I am Bintu St. Jean, the host of this podcast and today I am excited because we have a very insightful and mystical before us today. That's right. We're going to be talking about the latest trend that has been taking over the minds of millennials. Horoscopes and astrology. Zodiac signs. Matchmaking. Is there really any truth to this? Are these personality tests really legit? And if so, what does the Bible have to say about this? <laughs> Man, you don't want to miss this episode. So stay tuned. What do you see when you look into the stars at night? Do you draw any correlation to it? Are you just gazing at the glistening stars, the beauty of the star? Are you glistening at the light that it shines? And how it twinkles. Or do you ever see yourself as you're looking into these stars? Do you ever make any correlations in relations to your life? Do you feel that the stars may not just be stars, but maybe a GPS or some sort of a navigation system for your life? to help you find true and deep meaning. Well, if you do, then you're not alone because according to an article, astrology is experiencing a surge in popularity, particularly among young women unseen since the 1970s. That's right. According to YouGov America, There is a growing share of U.S. adults who may not be religiously affiliated, but astrology has taken over. YouGov's latest poll finds that a little more than one quarter of Americans, that's 27%, including 37% of adults under 30, say that they believe in astrology or that the position of the stars and planets influences people's lives. About half of Americans, 51% say they don't believe in astrology, and 22% are unsure. Yet, younger American adults are more likely to say they believe in astrology than older Americans are. While 37% of adults under 30 say they believe in it, less than half as many Americans, 65 and older, say they do. Women at 30% are slightly more likely to say they believe in astrology than men are at 25%. This is interesting. Horoscopes, astrology has taken a rise in America. And I want us to dive and see where did this all begin? And where is this leading us to? Let's look a little further. Now, let's talk definitions. Now, I love to talk definitions because when you talk definitions, at least there's something that everybody in this world can agree on. 
Not only is there something in this world that everybody can agree on, but it's something that you can also build a foundation and understanding with. I mean, I feel like the, the more you define something, the easier it is to understand it. And I feel like when it comes to astrology and horoscopes and all this other stuff, you need some clarity and understanding. So I decided to go to my best friend, Miriam Webster Dictionary, to see what does astrology means and what does horoscopes means and what is the difference if there are. So according to Miriam, astrology, or at least the definition of astrology, is the divination of the supposed influences of the stars and planets on human affairs and terrestrial events by their positions and aspects. Horoscopes, on the other hand, is a diagram of the relative positions of planets and signs of the zodiac at a specific time, that specific time is at one's birth, for use by astrologers in inferring individual character and personality traits and in foretelling events of a person's life. So you got astrology where you look at the influences of the stars and the skies and the planets and see how that has an effect on human affairs and real time events. And then you got horoscopes where more so the, the time and location of the stars and the skies has more so to do with a person's birth an individual's personality trait an individual's character and even foretelling events of a of a individual's life right and what's interesting enough is that you also have something that's called a birth chart or also known as a natal chart as well too now what purpose does this serve a birth chart is a map to the placement of the planets at the exact moment you were born it holds the key to your unique life path and personality. Now I'm getting this straight out of astrology.com. Talk about getting it out of straight out of the horse's mouth. <laughs> but but what we're seeing here is that a birth chart is simply a physical map of the sky at the time you were born. Do you know that the sky has maps and road maps? <laughs> That's right. There's a Google map on the sky. <laughs> and so at first glance, a birth chart looks like a huge 12 slice pie chart. It looks delicious. Looks really good. Now, in that pie chart, there are 12 individual sections which are called houses. Hmm. Sounds like they got some Supreme Court going up on there. Each house represents one of the 12 different zodiac signs, as well as a significant part of our life. For example, the zodiac sign Libra rules the seventh house of connections and long term partnerships, right? So when reading a natal chart, there are three things you must consider in conjunction. The planet in its respective zodiac sign, the house that the planet falls in, and the connections that the planet is making with other planets. Using this information as a guiding force, a birth chart can, can confirm very important details about your personality, fears, strengths, insecurity, family, childhood and so much more a natal chart is a celestial snapshot of the universal energies at play the moment you arrive on this planet welcome to earth <laughs> it provides a roadmap to understanding how you became you now this is just coming out of astrology.com and this is something that has been taking over the world by storm which we're going to go into in a little bit later Everyone is, well, not everyone, but 
a majority of youth and young people are associating their life's events, associating what is going on in their lives and trying to make sense of what's going on in their life, trying to understand their life events, trying to understand themselves just by looking at astrologies and horoscopes and the charts. And interesting enough, we're going to see, is there really any truth to this? You know, as a little boy and as a little kid, I used to always look up to the stars and to the skies. And I always thought to myself that maybe if I look up to the stars and to the skies, I could probably peep into my future. I mean, you know what I'm saying. I mean, as little kids, they used to always tell us that. Once there's a shooting star, you go ahead and you make a wish. And of course, I used to make a lot of wishes. I used to wish for a skateboard. I used to wish for the hottest toy that came out of Toys R Us, whether it was Buzz Lightyear or The Rock. If you smell what The Rock is cooking, which I know about Attitude Era. <laughs> you, but yeah, I used to always draw a correlation, and maybe that also has something to do with the fact that I went to an elementary school whose mascot was called the Shooting Stars, and so from a very young age, I always had the idea and the concept that somehow the constellations in the skies, along with the twinkling stars, has something to do with your boy future. Well, believe it or not, human beings have been practicing this practice from way back to the second millennium BC. Matter of fact, this was all the way back during Babylonian history. That's right, ancient Babylonians used to use astrology as well too to predict the future events of their own lives and also to predict the will of their gods. Now, the Babylonians at the time were also polytheists. Poly meaning they believed in more than one god. And if you're monotheist, you only believed in one god. And so what the Babylonians used to do is they used to associate the planets along with the sun and moon with the will of their gods. So they would associate the planets with different gods in their pantheon. Jupiter with Murdoch, Venus with Ishtar, Saturn with Nernita, Mercury with Nabu, Mars with Nergal, the sun with Shamash, and the moon with Sin. The movement of the sun, moon, and planets through the constellations was thought to represent the activity of these gods and hold messages from the gods about their will. So basically, the constellations of the skies and astrology was like a Bible for these gods that they believed in. It's just crazy to think that astrology had religious roots. I mean, we'll get into that a little later, right? So when reading these signs, they would have these astrology priests, astrologer priests, who were primarily concerned with what was happening in the state as a whole and in the life of the king as a central figure of the state. And they also believed that they could undertake these rituals to appease the gods and mitigate any negative warnings revealed by the stars. So the stars was really their navigation system in understanding what was going to be happening in the events of history and time. Now, as you would know, the Babylonians used astrology as well to further their insight into understanding more and more of the wills of their gods. Check out some of the gods that these Babylonians believed in. The Babylonians believed in... Oh, my God. 
also a common practice within the Babylonian civilization is that they also believed in horoscopes. You see, the Babylonians believed that you could tell something about a person from the position of the stars at the time of their birth, which appears to have been an ancient concept in Babylonian astrology. There was a prophecy surviving from the second millennium BC that says that children born in the 12th month would live a long time and bear male children. Nevertheless, the practice of producing personal horoscopes only seems to have appeared from about 400 BC. This was after the Persians took over the area and with their different religious practices, no longer needed the services of the astrologer priests. The best known Babylonian horoscope describes the night sky on April 29th, 410 BC. It describes the moon as being below the pincer of Scorpio, Jupiter in Pisces, Venus in Taurus, Saturn in Cancer, Mars in Gemini, and Mercury as not visible. From this, the astrologer predicted good fortune for the newborn. Like earlier predictions, if a child's horoscope contained negative omens, the priest could also conduct rituals to mitigate these problems. So the use of these horoscopes, the Babylonians would use to determine the fortune and the misfortune of a child's life. And if the child's life seemed to have been uh, a negative omen, they were going to use rituals to kind of curb that curse or curb that misfortune from happening. Now, interesting enough, the Babylonian use of astrology became so popular that the Greeks was like, hey, yo, 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 let me get a hand on this. The Greeks began to adopt it, and not only did they adopt it, but they threw a little remix into it. While the astrology used in the West today has its roots in Babylon, it was influenced heavily by the cultures that transmitted it to the modern world. The Greeks were key to this transmission. While references to astrologies appear in some early Greek texts, such as in poems of Hesiod from 750 BC, which suggested that the stars indicate perpetuous times for certain tasks, it was only with increased contact with Mesopotamia following the Asian conquests of Alexander the Great. Y'all know who that was, the man who went around trying to dominate and conquer the whole world, that astrology appears to have become popular. Here's what the Greeks did. The Greeks added significant elements to astrology, such as the importance of the four elements, fire, earth, air, and water, and the discovery of the procession of the equinoxes. The most famous Greek astrologer was Ptolemy of Alexandria, who lived in Egypt in around 100 AD. He wrote two important works on astrology. His Tetrabiblos provides a summation of contemporary astrology, and this was considered an astrological textbook by Arabs and European astrologers until the 17th century, when Corpermicus established that the earth revolved around the sun. It was only with the renewal of intellectual activity in Europe following the Dark Ages that astrology appears to have grown in strength again in Europe. In the 11th and 12th centuries, Hungary scholars looked to the Arab world for information about astrology. In 1138, the first Latin translation of the Tetrabiblus arrived in Europe. From this time, the European philosopher, scientists reintroduced astrology into European culture and developed the system of astrology used in the West today, based on Babylonian astrology. Now, interesting enough, in the 1960s and the 1970s, astrology also got a new birth into pop culture. Now, 
Even though astrology lost favor after Newton's discoveries of modern science, it didn't take away from the comeback and popularity of the mystical age of Aquarius, which began in the 1970s. There was an author called Julia Beck, and she wrote a book called The New Age of Astrology. And here's what she says. The New Age movement of the 1960s and 70s came with the helping hand of the Zodiac. You see, the 70s was one of the biggest times for astrology in pop culture. You know what I'm saying? The 60s and 70s was the time of the hippies. You know, peace, love, smoke, dude. That was the time, and this was also a time where many people had questions about religion. And so the age of Aquarius, which is a 2,000-year period that began in, in the 70s, it was a time of new beginnings, which led to the popularization of astrology. Now, about 50 years later, astrology is feeling a resurgence. According to Christine Smallwood at The New Yorker, an author of Astrology in the Age of Uncertainty, astrology is currently enjoying a broad cultural acceptance that hasn't been seen since the 1970s. The shift began with the advent of the personal computer, accelerated with the internet, and has reached new speeds through social media. Today, astrology is even bigger than it was during the age of Aquarius. Gen Z and millennials, that's me, have taken a, partic a particular interest in astrology, using it as a way for better self-understanding. Now, here's something interesting right here. In a 2014 study conducted by the National Science Foundation, it was found that 58% of young people aged between 18 and 24 believed that astrology is a science. This isn't surprising given that apps like CoStar advertise themselves by stating that they use NASA data to algorithmically generate insights for their users. Although astrology is not a science, it is marketed as such. In a world dictated by reason and logic, this scientific turn has legitimized and popularized the practice. According to Mona Jamil, author of Gen Z Zodiac, why teens are turning to the stars for answers. So now it seems that astrology has now taken the world and the youth by storm. The young people are no longer to religion nor the Bible, but to the stars and skies for answers. They are looking to the stars and the skies to understand their purpose, their meaning, and their place in the world and in this life. This practice is become so common that even when you go on Instagram, you go on TikTok, you go on YouTube, whatever social media platform you go on, you're going to find someone who's explaining the stars and the skies and the astrologies and all of the signs or whatnot, right? And this is interesting because now society with the new age of uh, mental health and focus and self-care and self-understanding and self-improvement, astrology has found a new home in the hearts of Gen Z's and millennials today. Now, astrology has become so popular among Gen Z and millennials that they have literally become attached and obsessed with it to where they are using it in every department and aspect of their lives, even to the point of their relationships. And I ain't even just talking romantic. I'm also talking negative. 
I'm talking about in bees. Astrology and science has taken beef to another level. They'll be like, oh, I can't stand her. Who she thinks she is? Oh, what's her sign? Oh, she a Libra? No wonder I don't get along with her. No wonder I don't understand her energy. No wonder she, it's giving low vibration. It's, 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 it's giving jealousy. It's giving envy. It's, it's, it's giving everything away about her. Like, we're literally using astrology to give people personality tests. You don't even know the brother. And you think he gonna break your heart just because he a Pisces. You don't even know the sister. And you think you and her just not gonna click just because she a cancer. Like we have literally used these astrologies and things to predict people, not even predict, to judge people. It's just funny because the earlier use of astrology was to predict someone's future and someone's life. And now we're using it to judge people's personality. I'm like, oh, no, nah, I can't hang out with her. I'm a Taurus. You know what I'm saying? Taurus and Geminis, we don't really get along. Maybe that's why we always fighting and everything like that. Oh, oh, man, I understand. Oh, me and you, we understand each other. Yeah, 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 cool, cool, cool. Oh, see, I know why we understand each other, man. Because of your sign, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a Pisces. You know what I'm saying? You a Pisces, so, you know what I'm saying? We get each other, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's, 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 it's just crazy. It's crazy how now that... You know, astrology has taken over the world. We're using it to just facilitate every aspect and area of our lives. Okay, okay. So, 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 so here it is. So here's 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 the science for you to understand your horoscope. If you're Aries, you're a ram. That's what that's what a ram. The ram is used to represent Aries. You're born from March 21st to April 19th. If you're a Taurus, that's also represented by a bull. That's from April 20th to May 20th. You're a Gemini, which is twins. That's May 21st to June 21st. If you're a Cancer, that's a crab. From June 22nd to July 22nd. If you're a Leo or a lion, July 23rd to August 22nd. If you're a Virgil or Virgin, August 23rd to September 22nd. If you're a Libra or Balance, September 23rd to October 23rd. A Scorpius or Scorpion, October 24th to November 21st. A Sagittarius or Archer, that's from November 22nd to December 21st. A Capricornus, a goat, December 22nd to January 19th. Aquarius, water bearer, from January 20th to February 18th. And if you're a Pisces, from February 19th to March 20th. Now, according to this, I'm a Pisces because I was born on March 9th. And what's interesting is that with each of these signs, there are traits, characteristic traits and personality traits that are associated with it that we're about to get into in a little bit. Now, as we are looking into the reasons as to why astrology has been booming, of course, looking into the wellness of people, looking into their, their lives and wanting to understand themselves and have self-understanding and practicing self-care, one of the main reasons as to why astrology has become a big thing is because we are living in an age of uncertainty. You have the climate change. You have all of these events. You have the economy going up and down. You have stock markets going up and down. You have prices going up. You have all of these events, catastrophic events that are happening. And, it's, and on top of that, we even had a pandemic that we were going through 
as a world, and even some still believe, others believe that we're still going through a pandemic. That's not what I'm going to get into in this episode. But the gist of it is that we're living in an age of uncertainty where we just don't know what's happening and things are happening rapidly and fast around us. And we know that something just big is about to happen. And so as human beings, we're hardwired to dislike and avoid uncertainty, and it produces an acute stress response. So when we cannot know how our future will play out, it's understandable that we should turn in ever greater numbers toward astrology for clues. People are turning to astrology for answers. Now, of course, the information on horoscopes is not always accurate, but astrology gives some sense of control of our lives. So when uncertainty causes us to feel out of control, people fall into two camps. The first camp are those who just don't have an internal locus of control, who believe that ultimately we are responsible for the events in our lives, and then the second camp has an external locus of control, believing that external factors are responsible for the outcomes in our lives, and such as, say, the powers of astrology, the universe, or religion. Now, statistically, women are more likely to fall under the second camp, believing that life is guided by fate, luck, or destiny, and there correlates research showing that more women believe in astrology than men. And then there are those of us that believe that forces greater than ourselves guide our lives Astrology is one place that could provide answers, direction, and meaning, at least in the context of the world today. And so in a world that is full of uncertainty, people are looking to the astrologies for answers and looking to the stars and skies for answers. But is this the safest bet? Now that we've kind of looked through the history of astrology and see why astrology has become a popular thing in modern culture today, in the pop culture today, especially among Gen Z and millennials, I think the next question we should ask ourselves is, what does the Bible have to say about astrology? Right? Are there any Bible verses that give us insights to astrology? All right. I came across a couple verses, and I want to just run this. Let's look at Isaiah 47, verse 13 and 14. It says, you are weary with your many counsels. Let now the astrologers, those who prophesy by the stars, those who predict by the new moons, stand up and save you from what will come upon you. Behold, they have become like stubble. Fire burns them. They cannot deliver themselves from the power of the flames. There will be no coal to warm by, nor a fire to sit before. And then you got Genesis 1 verse 14. Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. So interesting enough, we know that the stars and the skies were formed and created by God. I mean, astrology was created by God. It was God made. You know what I'm saying? Astrology is not a man-made thing. God created the stars. He formed the skies and he's the one who set everything in order. And then, of course, in the Bible, you got the whole story of Daniel where he goes before the king, and he says, as for the mystery about which the king has quiet, neither has the wise men, conjurers, magicians, nor diviners are able to declare it to the king. So, of course, if you know anything about King Nebuchadnezzar, who had a scary dream um, in regards to the Daniel statue, he called all the wise men and the astrologers to get him answers to it. And none of them could give them answers or an interpretation 
uh, to the dream except for Daniel who prayed to God and who gave him insight into the dream and the vision basically telling Nebuchadnezzar that each of the um, components of the statue represented the different kingdoms and that his kingdom eventually would be taken away. And then, of course, you have in the Bible the wise men who went uh, in Bethlehem of Judea in the, in the days of Herod the king, the Magi from the east who arrived in Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. So, of course, you have these men who went, who were not religious at all, nor were Jews, but who followed the stars in the skies to find Jesus who was born in Bethlehem. So it's interesting that in the Bible, astrology is there. It's everywhere. And while astrology is created by God, God designed that not necessarily we are going to find our future and our well-being in looking to the skies, but it's really in looking to God himself. The Bible is what we need to be looking at. The Bible is where you will find God's will for your life. The Bible is where you will find meaning and purpose in this world. If you want to know what's going to happen in the future, the Bible is where you should be looking at. The word of God is the sign that you need to be looking at because there's a time that we're going to come into in this world and society where everything that we're going to see is going to fail us. And it's the very things that we can't see by faith that's really going to carry us through. So while there may be some truth to astrology, the most reliable constellation for us to follow is the word of God. That's our safety. That is our safest astrology. It's to look at the stars of the Bible. Thank you for listening, and until next time.